0: st louis you're listening to the don't push pause podcast with your
1: hosts justin johnson and lindsey reber To the podcast, uh, we've got a good show for you today. Uh, we've uh, our main movie of discussion today will be Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger, the only Predator that matters in my mind.
0: Yeah, I mean, love Danny Glover and Predator too, but this is the only one that I really think of.
1: So uh, we'll be talking about Predator, and then we'll go to our picks of the week. and What was your pick this week?
0: Um, Death Becomes Her, um, connected to uh, Predator by having the same music coordinator that being Alvin or Alvin Alan Silvestri
1: wow. I always go for these like easy ways to connect a movie <laughs> well,
0: I, I don't know I don't know what my angle this time was but I, I think because the music probably sticks out so much to me in Predator and then when I looked that up and then was like oh my god this guy's done so many movies I love actually
1: yeah you always pick a more interesting way to connect the the Don't pick of the put
0: weeks. that. What? No, yours are just as equally interesting.
1: Last week you did the casting director what was your connection. <laughs> this week I'm just like Arnold Schwarzenegger was also in Twins, <laughs> 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 so I picked twins, twins for my pick of the week. Twins is a uh, great one to bring is, up. It is. I think it's it's worth it. Yeah. Um, both
0: so it, I think I think both Death Becomes Her and Twins are maybe films that people haven't seen.
1: Yeah. That is possible. Yeah. I'm always hoping that the Picks of the Week are something that someone hasn't seen or hasn't seen in a while. I hadn't watched Twins in like yeah. 15 years.
0: I, I feel like our Picks of the Week are, are the movies that you, when video rentals existed, like the ones that you would see on the shelf and like would recognize the cover, but maybe never actually watched.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I
0: just I got, can still remember what the cover of Twins looks I like. I just had a
1: melancholy moment because you brought up video rentals
0: oh i know i remember when my dream was to own a video rental
1: yeah i still have that dream well maybe that. even though it's not practical
0: maybe maybe
1: i'd stay open for like three weeks
0: (laughs) maybe the well well, this podcast will fund maybe our opening of that video rental eventually (laughs) and then um after our picks of the week um what are we moving on to uh
1: we always close out with our murray moment which uh Again, I never know uh, what you're gonna say about Bill Murray, which I always I always like. The I know it's, the surprise.
0: It's always a little anxiety inducing, but um, when I'm doing it I'm I'm always thinking about you and I'm like, is Justin gonna find this interesting? I really hope so this uh, time. I
1: always I always find it interesting. And if I don't I'll just cut I just cut around it. <laughs> just cut it out. When I go to edit it
0: our Murray moments just literally just like a sound clip of Bill Murray and that's
1: it so I think there's pretty pretty fun show Uh, I'm excited to talk about Predator I've watched this twice uh, in the last few weeks Um, yeah me too actually ready
0: I I feel like I've seen this movie so much though throughout my life that I could have not watched it and still talk about it I agree yeah
1: so uh, before we start this off I'd throw out the reasons why we chose predator in the first place uh one being that this is uh we kind of both talked about this last week uh is a movie that really toes the line between being this total bro out uh big macho movie mixed with uh some real internal conflict and feelings amongst these mm-hmm. macho men
0: i love that aspect of it uh it's kind of something that I wouldn't assume would happen in a movie like this, especially like a big budget action movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger for there to be any type of uh, feeling or emotion or any depth really. I mean, not to sound insulting, but just like that's not, that's not what I would expect by a movie that's called predator.
1: Yeah. And I I always like to care about characters a little bit before they get killed off.
0: Yeah. I I mean, that's the only reason you do. Um, We'll also hit on Arnold as a lead actor and his role in this and kind of how we feel about that.
1: Yeah, because I think we're both in agreement. This is, at least, maybe not in like a cultural standpoint of like he's most known for, as the Terminator, but we both agree this is his, at least in our opinion, his best role, best performance. By far. So we'll talk about why that is Mm -hmm. or why we think that is. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll also talk a little bit about director John McTiernan, his contributions to the film, and a little bit about his career. Um, but before we get into the Predator discussion, as always, if you can, in the event, I always worry that someone's going into this and they haven't seen the movie, if you can give us just a short summary on what this movie is about. Of
0: course I can. So with Predator, um, a team of muscle-bound military dudes on a mission in Central America find themselves being hunted by some unknown alien monster, human-like creature um, that's picking them off one by one in the jungle. Terrifying. Pretty terrifying. I'd be, I would probably get picked off. I would at least be like the third one. Yeah. I'd make it a second. I'd hide behind somebody.
1: Yeah. I Probably just run. Yeah, I don't know if I publicly want to say how I would react to the situation.
0: (laughs) You know, one thing, spoiler alert here, but I do love that the only female character in this movie um, is actually like the one that makes it out. Yeah. I've always kind of loved that about this movie. Um, It's because she's the most non-threatening of all of them.
1: It's because she doesn't pick up a gun. She doesn't pick up a gun. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't. Deem is there
0: a hidden message that we just discovered right w- now?
1: We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Whoa, we'll talk about it. Well, before we uh, kick off our talk, our discussion, um, we'll play a little clip from Predator here. Get us uh, in the mood. What is it? What the hell is wrong with you? There's something in
0: those trees.
1: So the first thing I guess we should just talk about is Arnold.
0: He he is the major selling point of this movie. He's on the movie cover. It's what you think of aside from the Predator itself.
1: And I think with just every movie that he's in, you know, you're first and foremost. It's at least for me, I've always I'm going into this like I'm watching an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I'm here to see Arnold Schwarzenegger.
0: Sure. But I, I, I think that with, with that, the thing the thing about him and kind of what I have often admired about him is that he's kind of gone the whole gamut, even things that are completely ridiculous. And yes, you go into that knowing that this is Arnold Schwarzenegger portraying a man having a baby or a kindergarten teacher. Um, the, these are things that we just... It's that whole willing suspension of disbelief thing. But I think that no matter what Arnold has done, he's always done it to the best of his ability. And I don't, I don't go on record. I don't think he's a bad actor. But I think that Predator is where he definitely excels, for sure.
1: Yeah, I, and like we said in the beginning, we both are in agreement. We think this is his best performance. Um, I think a lot of that is due in in the fact that this, I think, was the first movie that He's surrounded by good actors, good characters. I mean, it, uh, mm-hmm. other movies that he had done up until this point, uh, you know, there were the one-liners, and the, yeah. it's him, uh, just sort of this one figure like a, against a bunch of people. And this one, um, I think he really has. Uh, you know, he's a leader of the team. He's a leader of a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he has a little bit. He he actually has to get into a an actual character character but but in but yeah. in a way i don't know I, I at the same time he's made these other figures come to life like terminator conan
0: sure i think one thing though it, that differs in this movie is that and this might seem completely superficial is that everyone for the most part is on the same level like a physicality like strength and 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 macho so i think it kind of levels the playing field as far as that's concerned as as far as like a dude in charge but he is like he's like the main guy he's yeah it's a good mana. point
1: yeah he's surrounded by uh like being muscle bound uh, is the norm uh, the same stature yeah. yeah yeah um so so it's that' the we're not relying on that being the surprise exactly we're relying on his character is acting exactly but yeah I, I think he really I think that he really does give a great performance in this and I do think that there's to me he does the, he plays the first part of the movie as the leader of the team like i said before but you know then we switch gears and mm-hmm. the second half of the movie is kind of like what we've come to love and expect is him against the predator and yeah. i that's what i really love about this movie i love that there's you know it's it's a really good solid three act film where we're we're introduced to these characters those are getting picked off we realize we we learn who this Predator is and, mm-hmm. and and how there's a way to possibly stop it and then there's like the final showdown, the sort of like high noon showdown yeah. between Arnold and the Predator.
0: I would say all of these three acts too are um similar um like the the, the final uh, the final third act is not quick, I would say. Like these are these are good lengthy Yeah sections.
1: But, but at the same time, too, it always feels like... The, the movie, I think, has like a really brisk pace. It does. Um, I really think this movie... Because you are learning about the characters. And it's then, close
0: to about two hours. It's not an hour and a half. I, it's like maybe like an hour 45 or yeah. hour 50. And I also
1: like that Arnold in this movie, when he goes to make the decision that he's taking on the Predator and the Predator sees it is a one-on-one fight, we have that scene, but at the same time this movie could have easily done this like 30 minute cat and mouse kind of thing and it doesn't feel mm-hmm. as cat and mousey as other thriller action type movies can go that route and it can get a little bit exhausting yeah um yeah. or predictable um and yeah this movie it's still it, you know it was just like 30 years old and it's still I, I can watch it great. and it feels pretty fresh um even though a ton of movies have taken from this and there's Mm -hmm. got like six predator movies or something like that but
0: you know one thing I would
1: say about Arnold's performance too and I think he
0: uses this in in every one of his movies that he's in but I really appreciate his exaggerated facial expressions and I think in in Predator specifically, this really works because, I mean, you're confronted with this monster out in the middle of the jungle. Um, I I really appreciate, sounds so silly, but um, what he does with his eyes, like he gets pretty, you can can feel some emotion in those eyes. Um, I'm not saying that I don't know if
1: I've ever looked at his eyes before.
0: (laughs) Why am I the one that's looking at Arnold Schwarzenegger's eyes so intensely? I'm not sure. I do really appreciate, though, uh, that he really does... It seems like he... That the man tries. He tries. He tries to evoke some emotion of the situation to the best of his ability that I think Arnold Schwarzenegger can. He goes as deep as he can.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. And I think this movie... I think that he... Yeah, he's a person who approaches the material in... Yeah, he. I I think that he is someone that isn't given a lot of credit. I mean, he he encompasses characters. I think this is the first movie because even like a movie like Commando, he's Mm -hmm. Commando or he's Terminator. Again, like you know, in this one, it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, but he is not the 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 main. You know, I mean, he's not the movie's like this guy. this this. This person, um, you know,
0: I, actually, it's interesting because when I think about like thing, uh, all of these movies that are, like Commando or Conan or even Kindergarten Cop, he is yes, he's Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, but he is he is the he.
1: They're selling it as this like last Action like, hero. Yeah, he portrays the the title of the title role.
0: Yeah. He is this character, and I—I, I, even though I am watching Arnold Schwarzenegger perform this role, I believe that he is that. There's not one part of me that doesn't think that he is—that he could be a kindergarten teacher in right. kindergarten cop. Yeah, you know, like I—I I believe it. The—the the way that he sells it, it works, and I don't know if that's just because—I don't know if that's because of his Schwarzeneggerness. I don't know. Or if it's he's just a great actor, I I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, I, well, that's the thing. It's like I I feel like, and I've watched pretty much all of his films, and I'm I'm a big fan, and I I do think that there's a lot of things that maybe people feel are like strikes, like the accent or like his physical prowess. It's to me that those are all the things to me that make that's what makes him interesting. Yeah, that's what makes him different yeah. than uh, like a. Sylvester Stallone or you know I personally I've always Loved the accent you know in in his Movies Um, In ones where it's Masked a little bit I'm I'm not as Into Mm -hmm. movies Um, But overall yeah uh, again I I think this is 100% an Arnold Schwarzenegger film But one that he excels in And one that uh, Yeah the movie's not totally on his Shoulders and I don't mean that in the bad way But I think that there's you know we have more of a movie we have more of uh there there's other there's other things going on there's other things at play that are as equally as interesting as his presence in the film
0: and maybe part of that is due to John McTiernan's direction of this you and I were kind of talking before about how this was his first big budget action film and how he didn't really rely upon um Arnold Schwarzenegger being the main focus of this movie rather being an ensemble cast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it could, it, this could easily have been a a director taking Arnold Schwarzenegger and exploiting his physical prowess in a mm-hmm. way. I and mean, not that, not, I mean, again, like these other films that he did, Conan, Terminator, Commando. <clears throat> I think that they're, they're really good movies, but it, i feel like the directors was using him for one purpose right they were able yeah they were like this guy's big he's you know he just he, he has such presence on yeah. the screen and john mctiernan who at this point really wasn't known as a big budget action filmmaker that that he became uh could have easily said
0: making this mm-hmm. a schwarzenegger movie. yeah we could do
1: that but instead he he brought in these people to surround schwarzenegger that were equally as as big as he was and physicality um and, and incorporated the predator which is presented as something bigger than him more powerful than him even though mm-hmm. he ultimately is able to defeat him you know at the end but yeah I think that 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 was a you know possibly could have been a risky move but I think that the movie is directed so well and McTiernan is a director who can handle action and characters and material. And I think that's why uh, his films are some of the best action movies because they have characters that you care about, but they also deliver this excitement that you want out of an action film.
0: You know, Justin, I don't know if it's the direction of John McTiernan or if it's the script itself or if it's the actors, but this movie really is such an ensemble piece and i think um what makes it interesting uh, from my perspective especially as a woman is like this can appear on the surface as just like a, a broad out gun movie or just like broad out action movie like with really no depth and we kind of talked about this a little bit before but there's there's so much depth actually in all of these characters now it's not really like we have um a bunch of characters, like you know, talking all at once or like uh, sharing emotions at once. It's more of like this one-on-one, and it's not even with Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, most times. I would say like this, the the screen time is pretty shared. I would say between everybody.
1: Yeah, it's like they're everyone is allowed their moment. Yeah. To to
0: a couple moments, yeah. really. Um, is it is it Bill Duke?
1: Bill Duke. Bill Duke I, is, I could probably spend the whole. Just I know. I know Bill how Duke. much you love Bill Duke.
0: Um, I would even say, like, uh, even I would say the hardest of all of them would be Carl Weathers. Um, I mean, maybe Arnold, but like a little bit Carl Weathers too. But um, everybody has their moments of of showing their emotions, and it's not just um, not just a shoot 'em up thing. Like we've got Bill Duke um, and uh, J- interacting with Jesse Ventura, and they're obviously old buds. Um, and just kind of everybody interacting with each other on a very like it's it's stripped down past um this is a military mission it's stripped down past that it 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 is quickly becomes about survival and quickly becomes about um the very nature of like human existence, which is just like you were you were in survival mode and you are doing what you need to do, but there is emotion that naturally comes along with that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It goes beyond what I think a typical, like, military-based film yeah. does. One, Especially once, yeah, like you said, once they realize they're dealing with something that's not part of their mission. Like, the mission yeah. is now out, out the window. And this, yeah, is a fight against... They have to come together to figure out how to fight this creature that is yeah. unknown to them.
0: Sometimes... I can't help but compare this movie, I don't think it's a strange comparison, but I can't help but compare this movie to Alien 2, or Aliens, um, in the sense that it is like a military sci-fi movie.
1: Yeah, I can feel that, yeah.
0: But one thing that I think, um, like again, that is an action sci-fi movie that I I feel like is based much more around uh, Sigourney Weaver's character, than Arnold Schwarzenegger's character in Predator, even though that has much more of an ensemble cast than, than the previous Alien. And I feel like um, where I was going with this is I feel like the heart or the um, emotional nature that could have existed between those characters in Aliens is actually what exists in Predator. And I feel like there is some real connection between these dudes. And like where I was saying before, like how it becomes a non-issue that everyone is like 200 plus pounds. Like I can bench like a a whole semi truck, like big dudes. It becomes a non-issue because everyone's the same. And what comes out is um, the extremely emotional nature that's very humanizing for these guys that kind of seem like, you know, not like your average human.
1: Yeah, actually, actually the, I like that you're bringing up aliens, because I know we were in the beginning, uh, we were kind of goofing about hidden messages, with there only being one single female oh, predator. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that this is sort of the reverse in the way, it sense that Sigourney Weaver was Kind of treated like by the military dudes is she's not on their level, and in this Mm -hmm. film, the only female character, uh, they're sort of we're going to protect her and we're going to you know you you go run for help or safety, but ultimately the predator doesn't it the predator could have killed the woman, but she's unarmed, and later on it's sort of suggested that these other guys all they have to do is put down their guns in the Predator. It's not because she's a woman but yeah. because she's not a threat because she doesn't have a gun in... Which is so basic, right? Right, yeah, and, and the fact that the, you know, again, we go back to this this fine line between these macho guys, like, even at the end of the movie Arnold Schwarzenegger challenges the Predator and the Predator realizes that he's powerful, he takes off his mask, he wants to almost do this like a hand-on-hand brawling street fight. But I do think that there is maybe not a hidden message, but this idea that this man-versus-himself idea theme of, you know, again, if they would just let themselves appear weaker than the Predator, maybe they would have gotten picked off.
0: Yeah, take a step back and realize, oh, the only person that this that this predator is not going after is the woman and has had ample opportunity to do that and been i mean if if it were anybody i mean everyone else everyone around her people that were two feet away from her were getting picked off but she was not so like this basic idea of like why not just thinking about why isn't that happening oh okay i get it
1: yeah and and there is a I, again, feel what you're saying about the, there is these moments between these characters. It's like they, these macho guys, but they care for each other in some sort of, like an example I can think of is Bill Duke. He pulls out his knife and we're, we're seeing him pull out his knife. And we've already, it's already been presented that him and Carl Weathers' character kind of have this beef and he pulls out his knife and he's like bringing it over to his shoulder. And he, like, sticks the knife down, and Carl Weathers turns around, and it's, you know, we, we now see that yeah. it was a scorpion on his shoulder. Yeah. And, and uh Carl Weathers, there's this sort of, like, surprise look on his face, like, oh, you were actually helping me out. Yeah. And Bill Duke doesn't, and it's like a weird exchange. It's like, uh, again, like this macho exchange, but there's this sort of... Understanding. We're, yeah, we're helping each other out. We care... About each other in this situation because we we have to work as a team.
0: We can't emote too much, But, yeah, but we know there. we
1: know what's going on here. Uh, and I and again I think that that's what that is what makes the movie a little more yeah. compelling. Um, everyone feels,
0: everyone is scared out of their minds, um, but they're like trying to keep it together, but you see almost how they're trying to keep it together is almost how they're unraveling, and also they're undoing, too.
1: Yeah, and even there, there's the uh, the Billy character who has, is it his crucifix that he has? That he, you know, he, yeah. when he gets scared, yeah. he's the this more of the spiritual person of the mm-hmm. group, um, and kind of seems like the more of the calm, uh, badass kind of guy, but yeah. he, you know, he even has his moment where they show that he's a little bit scared like he's they're they're up against something that they're they're pretty unsure that they can yeah that they can conquer
0: you know even in the even in one of the most macho gun scenes and and this is early on in the film when I think uh, I think it's Bill Duke that first spots some weird camouflaged creature that is the predator in the woods and just starts like annihilating the woods with all the firepower he can and then everybody in in the group starts firing too they don't even know what they're firing at and it's this giant scene of so much gun power gun gun power just like destroying all of the forest around them um and this this is so macho and such a like gun like uh, scene but What makes it a little bit deeper is that when everyone runs out of ammo, you've got Bill Duke that's still firing that gun that has no ammo coming out of it. And it's almost like he is just like lost it.
1: Since you're bringing up Bill Duke, I didn't want to turn this into a Bill Bill Duke discussion, but this is off topic. But
0: Bill Duke's great.
1: I do think, I don't know if it was Bill Duke's decision or if it was John McTiernan's decision or if it was written in the script like that. But the fact that he whispers nearly all of his dialogue is just, I think, was a phenomenal decision for this film. Uh, It just makes his character all the more threatening, like intimidating. Um,
0: you know, it's funny. I, but I, he does lose in that scene. So I get it, what you're saying, but I think he is one of the most vulnerable characters in this movie.
1: To me, anyway. Well, he show he cares about the Jesse Ventura character. Um that's yeah. his friend. So the, yeah, he when he loses it, it's like he's just completely. You know, he's we see that he just lost one of his. Best, best friends yeah but uh yeah gosh I, I really everybody in this movie has their moment and it, it it is just so good i enjoy it
0: yeah i'm kind of always um every time i watch it as we're we might be watching it in the background right now actually we could be we could be um just everyone really does, like you said, have their emotional moment or moments where you really, you feel some feelings for them and maybe you don't know what their complete backstory is, but the way that their character is being portrayed or how they're interacting with other, um, you know, these other macho bro dudes, you actually feel something.
1: I think overall, like we've said, it's, it's an ensemble piece. I mean, up until we get to the end here with Arnold Schwarzenegger and the Predator. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what keeps this movie going and keeps it interesting.
0: It's not to say it's not action-packed. It is, like like you said before, it is, uh, there's a lot of forward, forward momentum and there's a lot to keep this movie going. The music, everything keeps this movie moving forward. Um, but what keeps you interested, I feel like, um are the interactions between the characters.
1: Well, before we uh wrap up our talk on Predator, um is there any there any other things we wanted to touch on?
0: I mean, I I think one of uh one thing that that shouldn't be forgotten are are probably the special effects yeah. of the movie. Um for me at at the time in nineteen eighty seven, I mean this it's pretty good. I mean, I don't. I, am I wrong about that? I, I I feel like it's pretty good. I think it still holds up. Maybe it it could be done better. You know, in this day and age, it could be done better. Sure.
1: Yeah. That. But I guess like for the a, the time period. I mean, I, I certainly feel like I don't know if I can. I think this was the first movie that did like the infrared point of view. Yeah. Effect. Because I know a lot of movies did it. Which a- made it this.
0: so much creepier, right? Yeah. Uh, like, we have, I mean, we've had, you know, the uh, killer vision, like the POV of, like, Halloween and Black Christmas, but, like, this is, like, infrared. Like, we're we're seeing not just the person, but we're seeing a person through, like, an animalistic way of, like, heat, body heat. This is a living, breathing yeah. human kind of like breaks it down in a different way
1: yeah and I do like that there's a like this predator is like has this chameleon effect where it can
0: it's camouflage yeah
1: they can't actually it has that weird where it's like it's mirrored image or it's like it's almost like watery image
0: and that's where I think it still kind of works and and like I said I'm sure it could be done better today but uh, the uh, effects of that time I don't think it looks dated or bad by any means at all. It feels pretty legit. Yeah. Like, I, there's nothing in this that um, makes me feel like, okay, you know, I, I can see the makeup. I can see the makeup line on the side of your face. Like, there's nothing that's not really believable. In this world, specifically, where there is an unknown assailant, um, seeing this weird, like you said, watery, mirror I- image of an outline creature. Um, it's disorienting by itself. Um, so I think that that kind of goes along with the whole um, effect of the jungle behind it. It kind yeah. of all works together.
1: For some reason the scene that always, uh, the effect scene always sticks with me is the uh, Bill Duke like crazily stabbing that wild boar thinking that it's the predator and oh, he's just like relentless yeah. and they cut to the shot of it and they're like, you just killed a freaking pig. Yeah.
0: You know, I yeah. We're, we're, we're that's like, actually hard. That's yeah. the hardest scene for me, actually. Yeah. I can watch Bill Duke get his head blown off the whole time, but the boar scene... Right. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to put it on mute real quick and I'm good.
1: There is something that... I, uh, yeah, it's like violence on animals versus <laughs> violence on humans. For us, always plays a little... we talked about this as, yeah.
0: as pet owners. It's like, you know, I'm okay. I don't need to... I'm just so, going to mute it. Just please... Mute it and look away. Kill as
1: many humans, but <laughs> just please just let that dog get out. Get out of the scene alive.
0: Can the dog actually be the hero of the story? Yeah. Thanks. Um, but I think getting back to the special effects, um, I think that it, it, it's something that shouldn't be... Um, forgotten about in this movie and also to kind of bring up with that um it, not that it really matters with the final product but just as a interesting tidbit that the predator that we see in the theatrical release was not the original like monster creation it wasn't as threatening yeah. i don't know it, it was much more of like a, like a like a slender kind of like not as physically dumb like dominating and yeah. also um this could have a little bit something to do with um might be a little little extra throw in here is the actor that was um that played the Predator.
1: Oh I, man my his I, name I is I escaping this. me. Oh I know this is something that you probably don't know about me.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh man, what is it? I don't think I mean I know what other movies I don't think I mean, we've ever, think we've ever discussed
1: Jean-Claude Van Damme?
0: Uh, I mean, no, no, no. Jean-Claude Van Damme was supposed to be in it.
1: No, I think he worked for like two days and yeah, then he, he did. quit. Yeah,
0: he did because the costume was too much. See, I
1: thought that's it who you're talking. That's because uh, I don't, this is something we probably have never discussed. I own almost every Jean-Claude Van Damme. I'm, I'm like a very. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah. Does is that, is that change your feelings about It doesn't change do my podcast? feelings at
0: all, at all. I've seen Time Cop a lot.
1: Okay. I love Time Cop.
0: Yeah, Time Cop's great. I had a crush on Mia Sarah, but I mean, that's an aside that has nothing to do with Jean-Claude Van Damme.
1: So who is the actor that... See, that's where I thought this was going. Now, I'm, Well, um... What are you typing It's like there? a
0: three... <laughs> oh, man. The guy... Okay, there we go. It was a three-name actor, and I knew the first name. Jean-Claude um, Van Damme. It was not Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, he worked... But, okay, so he worked for like a couple days. It was like not having his face shown and he didn't really like the fact that he was like in a costume that was like making him pass out. Oh, okay. So he was not down with it. So, and I don't know if that was with the new Predator costume or if that was like the original Predator outfit. Okay. Um, But the the guy... um that eventually did play the Predator um, was a guy named, um, or is a guy named um, Kevin Peter Hall. Um, okay, I didn't know this. Um, who's like...
1: I don't know who that is.
0: Well, let me tell you a- another movie he was in. Okay. Um, he is a very tall gentleman. I don't know how tall he is, um, but I can find out. Um, he was also in a little movie called Harry and the Hendersons.
1: Oh, okay. And All you right.
0: might recall how tall um Harry was in that movie too. So, um, Kevin Peter Hall is actually seven foot three. Dang. So, um
1: That's a foot taller than me.
0: <laughs> I know, and you're a, a, you're a tall brute, sir. Yeah. You are. Just imagine your height with my five four Ness <laughs> and you can it's basically the predator in Arnold Schwarzenegger right now. But this dude had more than a foot on him. So, the only person that you can have tower over Arnold Schwarzenegger is this guy who was just coming off Harry and the Hendersons, and um, who, as I read, you know, was like actually really looking to like look for an action role, and so it's kind of up his alley.
1: Wow, I'd never, you know, what I to be honest, I always my. History of who played the Predator stopped after Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> got fired or quit the movie.
0: You're like, Van Damme didn't do it? I'm not interested. So, Whoever. let's
1: give this guy, what's his name again? I'm sorry. Kevin Peter Hall. Kevin Peter Hall. And what, that'd be kind of wild. You're coming off Harry and the Hendersons and then going directly into the Predator.
0: I mean, what a what a thing. Like, actually, both of those movies, I would say um, I've had I've had history with. I grew up with both of those movies. What's
1: uh, What became of them after Predator? Not to get too far down the rabbit hole, but...
0: Well, actually, um, he did pass away. Oh. Um, This
1: took a morbid...
0: I know. He passed away in 1991.
1: That was a long time. Wow. So that was like... Yeah. Six years after Not
0: Not uh, too much longer after that. Um, Looks like this beautiful-looking gentleman did pass away of uh, AIDS-related pneumonia. But he was a pretty successful um, actor during his time. He uh, did appear in uh, Big Top Pee Wee, Um, and he did have a guest spot on Star Trek The Next Generation. So you know what? That guy, I think he brought home some bucks a little bit. So good for him. R.I.P. R.I.P. Kevin Peter Hall you did a great job and you played the predator with elegance that I respect Jean-Claude Van Damme but there is a certain nuance that came with that predator yeah taking off that mask when he starts taking it off but there's still underneath that there is still a body like performing these actions right so whether you have like Tiny strings that are pulling Your costume to make it look like Your eyebrows are raising or whatever it is You're still the physical body That's making all of this believable yeah. And making it happen And for a movie like Predator That is incredibly Interactive and physical
1: Because I wonder now Would they even Would they even use A costume would it just, Well actually there is a new Predator movie coming out yeah, this year. But I wonder will I'd be. I mean, I wonder if these last Predator movies, if it was just all CGI or if there's actually some person that's doing the movements of the.
0: You mean like a avatar effect, like a costume with? Or like, if it,
1: yeah, someone actually like, yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I mean because my heart and soul is still in the. I'm in a believe a costume that's that's made it's handcrafted by right. someone way more than I'm gonna believe CGI
1: sure and I can't uh, I can't really say much for these I haven't seen all these other predator movies um, I will say for this new one that's coming out the only thing that is of interest of me is it's a return to writing for one of our one of our faves Shane Black Shane Black and Fred Decker.
0: And Fred Decker.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, so I think, uh, I don't know, I'll probably go see it. Because yeah, we that. should go see it together. Yeah. You know, but I'm, my, my, my hopes are. It's just it's hard. Who it's knows? hard, but I, I won't get Who into knows, a whole like remake so deal. Maybe
0: you know. around the time of, of when this comes out, you'll have a little report on the. Yeah. Uh, a little aside because we love. Fred Decker and and Shane Black.
1: Yeah, uh, on the new Predator. We'll see. I think it. We'll see. Yeah, Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I'll I'll watch it.
0: We're gonna go see it. We'll watch it. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, is there anything else we want to talk about with Predator? I think we it's time to move on to our. yeah. Yeah,
0: we've covered a lot of bases here.
1: Let's move on to our pick of the week, and you chose Death Becomes Her, correct?
0: I did. Yes so death becomes her um is connected to predator by way of alan silvestri and i hope i'm pronouncing his name correctly um who did the music for both films and i feel like the music is such an important character in both predator and death becomes her it really helps push uh, the dramatically emotional scenes along with such great speed now with death becomes her um It couldn't be further away from Predator. It was directed by Robert Zemeckis and stars Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn, and uh, the well-known action star in an almost unrecognizable role, that being Bruce Willis. The general plot is two lifelong jealous friends um, who have continually and equally um, screwed each other over, both happen to, at separate times in life, taken a potion that will make them live forever. This isn't a drama, it's not an action movie, but it does tend to be overly dramatic in an incredibly um, dark, comedic way in regard to death and superficiality and also happened to be pretty staggering at the time for its special effects. It actually beat out Batman Returns and Alien 3 to nab the Oscar for Best Special Effects the year that it was released having remembering that this happened um and i actually did go see this movie in the theater um it's also worth mentioning that meryl streep loved the final cut of the film but she was not stoked about the technical aspects and use of special effects often finding it tedious and hard to keep up the comedic momentum Um, that being like moving forward and finding that she had to pay attention to the minute detail Uh, and technical aspects because of something related to the special effects that would be added later. Now like Predator, Sylvester's musical score amps up the film so much. It's theatrical, over-the-top, following the action as it happens, almost like it's toying with the audience. I'd also liken it to Predator in the sense that it's very fun and makes uh, the action sequences that much more enjoyable to watch. Ever since I first saw this film, I've always found Death Becomes Her to be endlessly entertaining. It's filled with such sassy and cutting humor. I know Goldie Hawn has always been a master of comedy, but I'd also like to add that Meryl Streep's comedic timing is completely impeccable. It's always fun seeing renowned actors in extremely dramatic um, comedic roles that are over the top, and it makes for something that's truly unforgettable, in my opinion. When's the last time you saw that movie, or have you seen that movie, Justin?
1: I swear, every single one of your picks of the week are like a movie that I haven't seen in like forever, and then I end up watching them. So I haven't seen that movie probably <laughs> since uh, who knows, like you know, I, a year after it came out.
0: I, I just I just showed it to a friend of mine and was remarking on how the the green screen effects in it were really like now by today's standards, it's like eh, yeah got that in the bag but at the time these things were like oh my god how did they make Meryl Streep's neck look like it was made of rubber how did they shoot a whole scene where like you can see through Goldie Hawn's stomach just all of these things that were that seem so simple now but um you know what is this 93 so like over 20 years later it's like meh old hand all right Justin your turn tell me about your pick of the week
1: so, as I said before, my pick of the week is Twins, also an Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Um, but it was Arnold Schwarzenegger's first hand at comedy. It was also his, f- he only really did three comedy films, all of which are directed by Ivan Reitman, um, Twins being their first uh, pairing together. And Twins, it's one of those movies that, you know, as like, uh, I always talk about... Uh, Movies being like, did they stand the test of time? And this is one where, sort of, it's sort of middle road. Um, it hasn't really uh, held up as well. Is like I hadn't watched it in a while, and it, it, but it is a fun film. It's a goofy concept. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character is sort of uh, this experiment to create like a perfect specimen in. in uh, inevitably he, there's twins that are um, produced Dana DeVito's character being sort of like the complete opposite of like this genetic miracle and Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger for whatever reason has been uh, living in this sort of serene Garden of Eden life that he's grown up in and Danny DeVito was passed around through orphanages and uh, started leading a life of crime and Arnold Schwarzenegger finds out he has his twin brother so why not he wants to go find out uh who his brother is and when they meet up they decide to find out who their birth mother was so it sort of kicks off in the sort of mini goofball road trip but it really is Arnold Schwarzenegger I don't think he's ever played a character like this um even though he did comedies like kindergarten cop and junior uh he plays this with this sort of like innocence and um he almost plays it like he's still a little kid it's a very odd performance but it's one that I really do think is great and they do use his size for humor you know in goofball ways like it, putting on a t-shirt and it like rips um, but and in, in Danny DeVito doing what he does best his sort of like sleazy car salesman <laughs> used car salesman vibe that he always has um, but I think it's a really good pairing I think that they play off each other really well Um, and again, it's not a movie to me that's really stood the test of time, but I still think it's, it's one of those perfect, it's Saturday or Sunday afternoon. Um, I, I I want to hit up something that's just going to make me feel good and, and relax and yeah, just, just kick back and, and watch some twins. So that's my pick of the week.
0: I have to say it's, it's been a while since I've revisited twins, but I, I know that every time I have the complete absurdity of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito being twins is enough to take me in, really. There's just so much to, to keep you hooked on that movie, actually, no matter if it stands the test of time or not. It's just so absurd that how how could you not see what actually happens in that movie?
1: And I think you're kind of saying how like Danny DeVito is sort of taking advantage of the naiveness of Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, but it's <laughs> yes. in this very like yeah uh, I, I'm trying to think if if it was in the trailer or not where he Arnold Schwarzenegger's like we're twins can't you tell And he's like Danny View is like I totally see the resemblance you know in this very <laughs> like dry <laughs> mean spirited way. Um, of course
0: duh. And I also have to say too with that movie like um I like that the Schwarzenegger's physicality. Isn't used in a or it, it's used a, in a comedic way versus how it's normally used. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I will say I'm I can't think of who did the theme song, but I'm j- I'm a total sucker for a yeah. theme song for a movie that includes the <laughs> title of the song and it's an art and, form. In the song, I, I can't think of who wrote it, but the chorus is uh, "Twins, the magic just never ends."
0: Whoo. Dang. Well, maybe we should cover that.
1: I, I'm not against it.
0: Okay. Let's think about that.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for that, Justin. Hey,
1: I'm I'm here to help.
0: Bring some twins in.
1: Yeah. Well, uh this is gonna bring us to really one of my favorites of the podcast, and that is uh you giving me some information on the beloved Bill Murray. So without further ado.
0: Chicks dig me
1: because I rarely wear underwear. And when I do, it's usually something unusual. I think I need a root canal. I'm sure I need a long, slow root canal. You're going to come and shake my monkey tree again? Oh, what does that old queen know? She didn't even chill. okay this is so scrumptious. Is this is handshot. The flowing robes embrace all striking. That was fun.
0: I can only think of two military type movies that Billy's been in, the most recently being The Monuments Men in 1981 Stripes. But for today I'm gonna to talk about the latter. So, in 1993, Billy did an interview and said this about stripes. I'm still a little queasy that I actually made a movie where I carry a machine gun, but I felt if you're rescuing your friends, it was okay. The movie captured what it was like to be on an army base. It was cold, you had to wear the same green clothes, you had to do a lot of physical stuff, you got treated pretty badly, and there was pretty bad coffee. Though still about military folk, the tone of Stripes is completely different from the experience of Predator, obviously. But these two movies sustain themselves on the friendship between the characters. I know I've talked to you about this, Justin, um, but the relationship and unspoken bond that exists between Billy and Harold Ramis will always tug at my heart. There's a lot to unpack in their relationship throughout the years, but for right now we're just going to stick to the Stripes era. Billy agreed to Stripes only a few weeks before it was scheduled to be um, actually shooting. One stipulation though, Harold Ramis had to be cast as his best friend, his counterpart, the straight man that would anchor Billy's almost 80% of ad-libbing in the film. He also knew he could give um, a little bit of helpful suggestions to Harold on some of the rewriting for the script. And when you have two actors who know each other so well, how to bounce off one another, it only makes sense that they would, um, you know, be the reason that the entire movie works so well. And there was one scene that was deleted from the theatrical release of Stripes that will always make me see that bond between the two. Um, However, Ivan Reitman felt like the accidental LSD trip performed by Harold really didn't fit the movie all too well, but it's also one of my favorites. It's also really easy to see why the film was originally intended to be a Cheech and Chong movie after this drug trip. What I appreciate in particular about this deleted drug trip scene is that the roles of Harold and Billy are totally reversed. While Harold is tripping on acid, Billy has to be the straight man in charge and figure out a way um, out of this accidental predicament that these two have found themselves in where they're captured by Colombian rebels, of course. The scene eventually ends with a classic Murray moment involving Billy getting the Colombian rebels into a singing frenzy while drinking some liquor that's now been infused with all of the remaining... um, acid tabs um, that Harold had, some 30 doses or so, you know, nothing big, um, and then naturally the two escape captivity. Um, it's a extremely great departure from the main plot of, of the film, but it, and it's easy to see why it was cut out. For me, though, it's a terrific um, Billy and Harold aside that shows how cute these two can really be together. I know that I'll talk more about their friendship in future podcasts, but for right now, I'm just going to end it here. Um, if you're curious, you can definitely see this clip on the deleted scenes of Stripes, the extended cut. I don't know if have, you seen this before, Justin? I don't think I have. No, it's, it's worthwhile.
1: I'm, I'm always up for an LSD tripping scene in a movie though. <laughs> they don't really exist anymore.
0: Yeah, it's true. Um, it's it's fun to see this scene in particular just because Harold Ramis is um not usually the guy out of control, while Bill Murray's the one that's like, um, we gotta we gotta deal with this situation right now and okay. We're just gonna move forward from here.
1: Yeah, there's always something uh that I always end up checking out every time you do one of these. So I love that you haven't seen that clip. I haven't. Actually, Stripes, out of all the Bill Murray movies that I enjoy, I, I think I've seen that one maybe the least.
0: Yeah? Yeah. It's, um, at its core, I feel like it's the essence of of what's great about him because it's very dry, but it's also um, obviously a very comedic movie, but um, has a lot of, like, classic... Murray-type humor.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're almost out of time here for uh, the podcast. Um, Again, I'll just say I think Predator is really an excellent action film. And uh, what a one-two punch by a director of doing Predator following up by Die Hard. I mean, it's just sort of like a... Way to go. Really, like, cemented John McTiernan's legacy as, you know, the premier action go-to director. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So for our next podcast, we're kind of we're gonna switch gears a little bit. Um, we're going to do a straight up comedy this time, and we're going for uh, John Hughes's um, Weird Science.
1: I, I like this choice. I yeah. like that we're kind of hitting or we're, we're bouncing around the spectrum of genres, mm-hmm. and I, I love Weird Science. So that'll be uh, coming up next, and. Uh, if you've been catching these, uh, if you've been sticking with us so far, uh, we can't thank you enough for listening. Um, yes, if you want we to you. thank you. If you want to contact us with a comment or a suggestion, you can reach us at don't push pause podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at don't push pause Podcast.
0: You can also find us on Facebook and also at don't dot com.
1: And I'd also again like to thank uh, Matt Pace, who does our original theme music, and Mary Timmo, who does our intro. Um, a lot of thanks to them for helping us get this thank thing you guys. going on.
0: Brilliant babies!
1: But yeah, until next time, I'm Justin Johnson,
0: and I'm Lindsay Reber. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much.